2: You're listening to Following On on Talk Sport 2 as uh, myself, John Norman, St Patrick Hewitt, Jarrah Kimber and Gareth Batty look back at the third T20 uh, in uh, Grenada. England started the day knowing that they needed perfection. They were to uh, remain in this series from now until the end. Two is still to come in Trinidad and somehow uh, they managed it. Certainly that last three overs was. Uh, West Indies uh, lost the toss. They had to bat first. Eight for two at one stage. England on top. Uh, but as the innings progressed, uh, so did uh, the West Indies batters. 26 in quick time from Hope. 39 from 21 from Powell. Rutherford weighed in with four boundaries in his 17-ball innings. Uh, but it was 82 from Nicholas Poran from 45. And 18 from five that saw West Indies Propel themselves to 222 for six. Uh, expensive bowling uh, figures uh, abound, really. Uh, but uh, Adil Rashid once again stood out, and Reese Topley was threatening with the new ball. When England came out to bat, you felt they needed something special and they needed runs at the top of the order. They got both. Joss Butler with 51, a 100 run partnership for the first wicket. But the run rate was always high. And when Butler, followed by Jax, went, boundaries started to become more difficult to come by. The run rate started to escalate. It looked like it may well be uh, just a little too far once again for England. When Livingston went for a fine 18-ball 30, Harry Brook hit his first ball for six. And as Phil sought smashed sixes to reach 100, uh, despite being visibly uh, tired, Brook set himself the task of smashing 20 from the final over, bowl by Andre Russell, and you know what? He did it with a ball to spare. Plenty to talk about here on Following On. So, Bats, first up, wow. I mean, T20 at its best um, is a terrific game, and today we brought listeners on TalkSport2 and uh, followers on the TalkSport Cricket YouTube channel, a terrific game.
3: Yeah, we we said at the halfway point, um, England weren't disastrous with the ball. They had some very good um, periods of play, um, but we just know the power of the West Indian team. I I didn't think at the halfway point that that England could match that power. Um, I I think they matched it, and and some, if I'm brutally honest. Um, Take out winning the World Cup in 18, that's the best chase I've seen England have probably ever take that one out of it I think it was um, quite incredible and it just shows um, with a bit more belief um, as Jarrod spoke about it at the start the captain gets some runs which we know England are a far more successful team uh, with him up at the top scoring runs um, Phil Salt wow, that's sort of a, a career defining moment for him to, to get his, his first 100 but then also to win a game like that those are the points where people um, hopefully kick into another gear and have long and and, and wonderful careers for England. That, that was uh, quite some innings. And I think Brooke as well, the the, the sort of little flourish at the end, um, the calmness to stay still and trust his natural ability and not predict um, what Andre Russell's going to do, watch the ball and, and still have the, the flourish for the ball to um, go over the boundary ropes, I think... Um, well, I'm I'm stunned. I'm I'm lost for words. I think that's as good a chase as England will ever have.
2: Uh, Michelle, were the West Indies a bit complacent? Do you think that they thought they had that game done? There was certainly at the st- at the start of the innings. I think there were four or five misfields from normally reliable fielders as well that just gave a kind of feeling that they thought, yeah, we don't have to be a hundred here. We can we can probably do this at ninety five percent. Or am I? Am I uh, seeing things that aren't there?
4: I think there's definitely an element of truth in that, for sure. Um, you, don't, you don't show such a, a substandard level of, level of fielding like that unless somewhere in the back of your mind you're thinking you're going to get away with it. Um, that said, I think actually what the game has possibly highlighted is very much how these two sides are far from the finished article. Um, we've seen the first two games... What West Indies can look like, Probably actually in the first three games, because they obviously they posted 222. We've seen how explosive they can be. We've seen what the best of West Indies with the bat looks like. But going into this series, the the question mark was always going to be the West Indian bowling. Um, I think the first two games we didn't see England turn up, so we, we need to we need to identify. Where was the line between West Indies bowling well in those first two games and England not showing up with the bat? I think today we saw the weakness in the, in the West Indian bowling attack. Um, and it's one of the reasons why Andre Russell got brought back into the fold, because they feel like they don't have enough in their bowling attack. Now, obviously, Dre's just failed to defend 21 runs uh, to win the game. There aren't many bowlers waiting in the wings that you trust to defend 21 runs to win the game for the West Indies. So they're very much a work in progress. And on the flip side for England, obviously England fans will be glad that they've seen what this batting on paper looks like. The next step for England is can they kick on from here? Can they, one, can they go on to win the series? Can they be consistent? Um, but also, and I'm sure Jared's going to want to come in, is that um, England's bowling? good enough as well. So uh, I don't know
5: if there's some question marks there as well. Too flawed size. Yeah, I, look, I think with the West Indies, I can't remember if bat was here for the, were you here for the first T20 And we were talking about the fact that they had a lot of right-arm seamers who can bat. And, you know, Andre Russell and Jason Holder, Romario Shepard, they're, they're trying to, they're, they're not going with a lot of specialist bowlers who are there to be picked. They've got Matthew Ford in, in the in the squad if they want. They're only playing Moti because of Shepard's injury as well. And so that means that England are going up against a slightly weakened bowling attack. And we've seen teams do that against England as well. You know, all those all rounders they played at the start of the 50 over world cup. And when you do that, you make it a little bit easier for the, the batting side. But the truth is, I'm not sure either of these teams probably has five gun specialist, white ball bowlers that you could just bring in, especially with Jofra being injured. So, I think that makes it a little bit easier to see games like this, but I don't think that should take away from the uh, the hitting that both sides had at the end. But neither of these sides have good death bowling. I would say England is a poor death bowling side, and West Indies is probably worse than that if we're being honest. Especially if you're going to use Andre Russell at the, w- at the end, who I would say is the worst death bowler in the world. Bats,
2: is Andre Russell the worst death bowler in the world? He's not. not you not have, to I comment. I shall
3: I shall <laughs> leave it to, Gerard's description. Um. Uh, I think there's an awful lot of truth in, in what both men have said there about um the bowling attacks. Um there have been some really, really good points in the three games so far and particularly today, but there's been some really, really poor bits where you you look at it and you go, There's a huge amount of growth there. So I, I suppose flip it on its head from an England point of view, um, that's a great win and a wonderful chase. But wow, our growth in this team is huge. We can polish up by twenty, thirty percent, which if we're saying that then we become contenders. Um, but it's gotta happen quickly. Is it six games now before uh, the World Cup T twenty um starts that England will play? Something like that isn't it's it? Not many games and the worrying thing is we still don't know our best combinations. Mm-hmm. Um we still don't know exactly what the batting order looks like. Because there's still Bearstore to come in and he will come in, I'd be amazed if he didn't. Um after Salt's played that innings today, what you know, how how and what are we gonna go down? Um, England football route and try and pick all our best players and then just find out they go in the team or are we going to go hang on a minute Salt is the man um, in possession he's played extremely well over this period of time and we make the mistake we did in the 50 over World Cup and changed the dynamic up the top and it, it, it killed us I think I think it it changed the whole dynamic of how Root and so on and so forth played by having uh, your left hander up at the top so huge amounts of, uh, of questions I think we just need to take the real positive angle And I'm I'm banging on more England just purely because of seeing more of of England um, through the summer. There are some huge, easy wins that I think England will make and can make on the back of a performance like that today. Um, And I think the confidence from young men standing up to create a performance like that is, make make no mistake, that is quite a powerful thing.
2: And Joss Butler scores some runs. I mean, that's huge, isn't it? Because he's looked so downbeat and down trodden for so long. score some runs. They won a game they should have lost. And I'm not saying this is a springboard or any other such cliche, but England, need they desperately needed to win something. They needed a bit of positivity. You know that they're getting a little bit annoyed by the press. They were annoyed by the press of the World Cup. They yeah, have been, that, they've been annoyed with this. They are annoyed. They're angry. And they're going to be smiling tonight. They're going to be heading off to Trinidad with a bit of a skip in their step. And they, they kind of needed that.
3: Yeah, it's not just Joss Butler though, it's the whole leadership group. You can't just pinpoint one guy because, um, you know, for the past five years, uh, pre-Joss taking over four years, uh, Owen Morgan pretty much was the leader and then other people fell into place as that journey evolved. This is starting from a, a position of strength and you should really have planned how it looks like with your coach and... And captain combination, but also your senior players. How you're going to evolve the team? How you're going to change what has happened for four years? Because personnel has changed. We don't have a plunket bowling in certain periods. We don't have Morgan smacking spinners in the in the middle and and captaincy genius at times. I'm not having anybody's bad news playing here. I'm just saying these should have been things that were planned before we get out on the field. And I I I believe it will be happening. Of course. so I, I think it's wonderful for Josh personally, but uh, I think it's more for the leaders in the group to now stand up and actually take a bit off everybody else because other people have grown today in a in quite a massive way, which will help the group move forward.
2: Well, one of those undoubtedly is Phil Salt. He's hit his first T20, hundred uh, international T20 100. Um, he's won a game for England. He's the player of the match. And just when he thought his day couldn't get any better he gets to talk to Sam Elod.
6: It's very special for me. Um, you know, it's even, even more special for the group, I think, from a team perspective. You know, we've been challenged out here by a very good West Indies side in, in, in both series. Who were very good in their own conditions. So, um, you know, for them to, to play they, the way they did with the bat and then for us to be able to, you know, manage the chase all the way through and finish it off like that, I'm, I'm really, really happy.
7: What can this do for the team? We know it's been a tough couple of months, but a special run chase like that, a score which I don't think many people thought you you would have chased down. Can this kind of be the result now that maybe helps you boys kind of really push on and start to, to change the results on a more regular basis?
6: Absolutely. It shows that the, the words spoken in our dressing room carry weight. You know, we've we've been outplayed a couple of times since we've been out here and, and that happens, that's professional sport and that's top-level cricket, that happens. But then to come back and to play like this, you
7: know, when we've got all the pressure in and the noise around us, I'm over the moon. And talk me through your innings then, what was the, what was the approach, the mindset? Was it pretty much from ball one, go really hard? Was that power play so important to try and get ahead of the run rate? Yeah, it was it was important to try and get ahead of the run rate, and we did that for a bit.
6: But then I think for a time it was about sitting in and making sure we're really set up for that back end with wickets in hand. Um, you know, I think that's pretty key. Um, you know, key way of playing on these wickets. You 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 can't front end the chase massively. You've got to stay with it right to the end and
7: remember that you've always got more time than you think. And also as well, special as well for the captain up top. You guys in a great partnership there. I'm sure that'll do him loads of confidence too. Yeah, I love batting with Joss. Obviously, I do it. Um, we both do it
6: together at Manchester Originals as well. So we've got a good understanding of each other's games. And you know, when you put a partnership on
7: like that, it's really satisfying. Is that your favourite innings in in the history of your your cricket career? Uh,
6: it, possibly. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> it might be. I don't know. Uh, but you know, I'm 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 really pleased. I've I've made that milestone today, and and to do it in in
7: this game and to set the team up like this in the series, I'm I'm really happy. And also as well, Harry Brook, the, let's not forget the, the knock he played there at the end. That was To come in and face such a short amount of balls and hit that many sixes, that was pretty special.
6: That, uh, that was special. We've seen on these surfaces how hard it is to start. So for him to come in like that against Jason Holder, letting the ball go from 10 foot plus to hit the, on, on, on these surfaces, that is was a special shot in itself, that first one, but then to keep going the way he did, Special is the only word, to be fair. And also as well, we go to Trinidad now, and the series is, is very much alive. The series is absolutely alive, and you know, as I said, it shows that our words in the dressing room carry weight with each other. Um, we'll always back each other, and you know, uh, you know, the series isn't a foregone conclusion yet. We're, we're here to absolutely put our best foot forward and win it. Have there been some strong words in the dressing room over the past couple of days? Absolutely, it's, it's, it's been more. You know, it's not, it's not been you know, too heavy on the spray
7: front. Like it's not been no it. head rush treatment. No, yeah. there's
6: no been no Fergie treatment. No boots have been flying about the place at all. But you know, it's we, we need we needed to get back to you know the way we play and we know how good a side we, we are and we're world champions in this format. So we need to play like it.
7: Do you know the Man City to score? I don't want to ruin your day. Is it two all? Yeah, it's two two. They scored a last minute penalty. Uh, Livy was cackling about something. <laughs> I,
6: I tried to ignore him. How, how many, when, when
7: was the penalty? Something see like ninety seventh minute. Oh. At least a penalty. Do you know what? Let's not end on a low. Let's end on a high. <laughs> just finally feel sum up. Sum up this day. A special day for you.
6: Yeah, very. Back special. in Barbados as well. Yeah, very, very, very special day. Um, very special day. I'm just, I'm just happy that we, we, we got the win.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring.
1: So, there we go. Uh,
2: we uh, Sadly, haven't heard from uh, Joss Butler, but we did did hear from uh, Phil Salt, who, uh, well, Sam Ellis just ruined his day. So, well done, Sam. Uh, yes, Manchester City did throw away a two-goal lead um, to draw 2-2, two, two, home to Crystal Palace. Anyway, going back to the cricket, we've seen a great game, uh, and we've uh, commentated on a great game today. Uh, Michelle, you're still with us. Um, I mean, from a, from a West Indies perspective, I, I must admit, you know, that second T20, I think Andre Russell was defending 28 in that final over. And the first ball went for six. And I don't know if it says a lot when you're nervous about a bowler defending 28 from the final over. But that's kind of how I felt for him. And he looked he looked pretty down at the end. Uh, and rightly so, because he was hit for, what, 22 in five balls?
4: Thing is, I'll be... Uh- I'll be honest, if it had been Jason Holder in that position, if it had been Alzari Joseph in that position, I would have had the same trepidation. We have to remember that six months ago, the West Indies couldn't defend 375 against the Netherlands, and then Jason Holder bowled a super over. Granted, this is a different format of cricket, but it's white ball. Jason Holder bowled a super over and went for 30, 30 or 32. It was, 30. Lo- it was a lot of It frauds. was a lot, right? <laughs> so we're looking at three seamers who should be, one of them should be bowling the death over, and there is no confidence in any of those three that if there is any like whilst you were on whilst you're on air, I um I texted people and said unless we've got thirty seven to defend, in the final over we're going to lose. And so that shows you the level of confidence <clears throat> sorry, that I had going into that final over. But what was quite interesting to me from Phil Salt's um interview is that Phil said we we were setting it up for the back end, which I find I don't know who wants to take that next, but Do you genuinely believe they thought they could haul in? Well, it had to be 90 plus they had to haul in in the back end. Yes, I know Phil Salt is a good striker of the ball and Harry Brook was still to come and so on and so forth. But you still have to. Is it good batting or is it bad bowling? I think it's the latter.
5: I I do think that with wickets in hand, they probably do believe they could score at three runs a ball for a long period of time. Um, also, they would have looked at the bowlers, right? Like, mm. you know, we've gone through the numbers. Jason Holder and um, uh, Andre Russell have two of the highest numbers when it comes to death bowling in the world. They usually take wickets, but today, even if they take taken a couple of wickets, England still had batting to come, right? They still had other people who could have come in and hit. So, uh, you know, from that perspective, I think England had got ahead of the game. It was probably just that little period when Moti started bowling well that, that pulled them back, right? And other than that, England were in pretty much in control of that chase, most of the innings outside of about, what, four or five overs, Bats?
3: Yeah, I think the only way to stay calm, to see it through for the 20 overs required to chase 223, you have to be saying we're going to take it deep. Mm. It, you have to or you just become frantic. And I didn't feel at any point in the power play we were frantic. I, th- I thought it was, if anything, it was, it was quite surgical. It was dismantling uh, what was coming down. There was some decent stuff bowled in that. Hazen uh, didn't really bowl badly and he was still going at 10s. Um, and he's very good in the power play I'm not having uh, having a pop at him I, I I feel almost the periods of play if you break it down into into three parts your first six your middle six your back six and then you got two overs just free for all um, England were quite happy to take it down to the two overs free for all when anything could happen I feel if it had been Joseph Bowen that last over I would have had relative confidence he could have got um, got over the line but I think Holder and, and, and Dre Russ it, it, it really did look like you could get them
2: Okay, so uh, looking ahead to the series, uh, do you foresee any or many changes for the Windies, <coughs> Michelle? There's a there's a couple of players that haven't had a, haven't had much of a go yet.
4: So there's certainly a lot of discon- uh, There's certainly a lot of voices who feel that Carl Mayer's spot is under threat, but there's no natural opener to replace Carl Um Romario Shepherd obviously has been injured for the last two. He has. His cricket has improved exponentially over the last six months, so you would like to believe that he will come back into the fold. They can't drop multi, who only came in because Shepard was injured. I would be surprised if they dropped Akil Hussein as well. So it's going to be very interesting who Romario Shepard comes back in for. Is it Holder or is it Andre Russell or is it Alzari Joseph? So Shepard, I expect to come back in. Hepmeier, I think, is done. Um, I think they'll keep Ruther- they have to keep Rutherford um, ahead of him. But there's also some players like Matthew Ford who should probably, this isn't the World Cup, you need to have a look at players. And similarly, maybe the same for England. You need to have a look at some players, put them under the pump somewhat and see what they've got to save themselves. Is there any purpose to taking someone on a tour and they don't play any of the five games? So surely there has to be some kind of sense about, well, let's look at this player and see what they can potentially bring.
2: Well, that brings me quite neatly onto what was going to be my follow-up question to you, Bats, and... What about England? Topley came back today. He's almost certain to play. Maybe they're going to rest Mills. He's played... uh, Has he played all three? (laughs) Certainly played the last two. Uh, They do have some options. Uh, We still haven't seen a couple of the players. Wokes didn't play today. I'm not sure we'll see him in the next one. But what do you foresee? What do you see? Atkinson, of course, struggled a bit today.
3: I I think uh, the very obvious um, Wokes not playing today is, is more... Uh, physical, making sure that we we keep him 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 right and fit. Um, I think Topley having to earn the right to get back in the team is is no mean thing. I think that's uh, I think that's quite appropriate. I think those two with a another can get us through power play bowling um, in the World Cup, uh, dependent on other selections as a, as a wood and so on and so forth. Um, I'm of the opinion that nobody should get a, a free game of cricket in an international shirt. I I just don't buy into this. I think if we see somebody um, from staff, say, um, on the training ground or from domestic cricket or from franchise cricket and we go, we like this player, I don't see how they take the shirt off somebody else if, if you already have a good team. I think you should be planning for what you require and you bring these people in as what you require into your group. You see them around the group and then you go, right, no, bang on, we got it right, he's in. And then they're in for a period of time. I don't buy this chopping and changing business and you get a game here and a game there because players hate it. Players have never liked it. England in the 90s were terrible because it was a game here, a game there. People travelling around and playing one game on this tour and then one game on there and then never seen again. It just does not work. Uh, this The notion of getting a game to see what somebody can do. Very few people, if they know that somebody's come... In fact, Liam Dawson, prime example, plays a game and he's almost turned... Not turned his back on England, but he's kind of said, well, why am I going to play that one game When you're just going to leave me out when it matters because X, Y and Z are backed up and you're just resting them. So I'm going to go do my franchise stuff. And absolutely right, I I totally see his side of it. It's a totally different angle that other people wouldn't talk about. Um, But I I truly believe there's something in that. So no John
2: Turner. I mean, we've seen Ray and Ahmed, we've seen Chris Folks and, of course, Ben Duckett as well. I can't quite see how Duckett gets back in. But um, it's it's 2-1 with 2 to play. Um, I mean... From an England perspective, I suppose if they had lost today, then I know what you're saying. You know, it's their international caps at the end of the day, but that maybe give you a bit more freedom to, yep. to try a couple of these
3: guys. I think different story, but we're building towards a World Cup which is on the horizon. It's right in front of our face. And I, I think to be trying to blood somebody who possibly... I like Turner, I think is a very good young prospect, but is he going to make to Even if he cleaned up in the next six games... Is he going to force himself into that squad for the World Cup? It's, I think that's very unrealistic. Um, so I, I don't see the point, if I'm honest. I think he can learn. We can see him a bit more. We get a bit of a feel for him. So that once this cycle of the World Cup is passed, then, OK, there may be some changes for the next one. So I just want to jump. So should touring squads be short, smaller then? No, you need your ammunition for if you get injuries. Um, you also need. Um, quality practice for the ones that are playing, I dare oh, say it, enough. which yeah. no player's going to like that but you've got to earn your stripes it's uh, it's professional sport um, it, it's difficult and I suppose the management and, and other players can, can s- sort of dampen down that situation of I feel like I'm just a drinks carrier and just a net bowler, it is part and parcel of it, you know, well okay then do something about it
2: uh, England also came unstuck in Bangladesh, didn't they, they went without a <coughs> I think they went with a fifth 14 or 50 man squad they were certainly a batter light and it cost them they got a lot of criticism for that as well so that's probably something uh, Brian Lara Cricket Academy that's where the uh, the final T20s are taking place Michelle I don't know if England have played there before have they
4: doesn't I couldn't tell you the last time they probably haven't been back to Trinidad since Gareth was playing Like I, I don't No, but I'm serious because England traditionally when England tour the West Indies it's St. Lucia Antigua Barbados Reneda are lucky they got some games on this one um, obviously they did in the Test Series last time out as well but they certainly, England certainly haven't been to Jamaica, Trinidad or Guyana in a long long time um, so, and which means they surely haven't been to the Brian Lara Cricket Academy the obvious thing that people think is because it's in Trinidad they assume that it will spin a bit more but I, I think that's a bit of a misnomer um, I, I certainly wouldn't expect them to bring back Rehan Ahmed just because they think it's Trinidad and whatever might happen so um, it's 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 a track with a lot of runs in it. So I'm expecting another high-scoring game. Good
2: stuff. Well, uh, let's hope so. I think 2009 was the last time England toured Trinidad in a four-match series, which was a draw. And West Indies won the series 1-0. I think that was the last time. I, I don't know when the last time they toured Guyana was. Can you remember the last time they...
5: No, it hasn't been since they changed everything, didn't they? When they realised they could make m- more money off tourists. So, a lot of the other countries go to Guyana now, don't they? Where England doesn't get it because you don't get as much tourist dollar. Yeah. <laughs> which uh, is the way cricket should be, Bats. Cash is king, baby. <laughs> Uh, Gareth Batty,
2: Monty Panesar, Michelle St. Patrick Hewitt, Jared Kimber, thank you for your time. Uh, What a game we brought to you here on TalkSport 2 and via the TalkSport Cricket YouTube channel. Uh, England are still alive. They've beaten the West Indies by seven wickets. It means we do head to Trinidad with a series uh, poised. Two to play, uh, two won the West Indies. England have won here today by seven wickets. England need to win today. They need to win on Tuesday. And they need to win on Thursday to win the series. They just need to win. Off stump has been pegged back. Ali's struck in the first over. Topley in again. And he's beaten and he's out. What a delivery from Topley. Angled into the left-handed Myers. Ali again. And this is in the slot. Shea Hope has cleared his front leg. And I think it's been caught by the man sitting ten rows back. The targeting gap is sent here, and again. He's gone again, He smashed this. This has got miles over lock on 100 up for the Windies, they're 104 for three in the 12th. What about fourth, John? What about four? I mean, that was a nine, wasn't it? Again, it's tossed up by Livingston. Well, he doesn't learn. This has gone even further by Rodman Powell. That is a massive six. No catch in that, that's hit the roof.
4: Little cut there from Nicholas Puran, this intelligent cricket and he, he gets a four and that will be his 50. Well, Jason Holder on strike again, moves. Well, you can see why he moved before the ball was bowled. He leans straight into it for six. Final ball and this time he goes over cover. It's another six, 6, four, six to end the innings. The West Indies end on two 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 for six off their 20-overs. And this is going to take some getting.
2: This is lofted. High and handsome by Butler. That's more like it. He's gone big again, Butler. Has he got enough on it? He does. Wow, I tell you what, Phil Salt's playing golf here. What a swing of the bat that is. Butler on the reverse, premeditated. And that is a beautiful shot. 50 up for England inside five.
4: But I think for England, they've got a chance here. Into the pitch is a bouncer. He's got him. He's got it. any different day. It could have been six, unfortunately, from an England point of view. And Josh Butler will Jacks, Nick through to Nicholas Puran. And another wicket has fallen. Is the old cricket age. One brings two. Phil
2: Salt has just pulled Andre Russell for six. And you can see Phil Salt when he's in this sort of mood. He is an impressive cricketer. It's a four toss on the pads, and Livingston makes no mistake, smashing his ball over square leg. Lost ball to the over there, it's a full toss, and Salt goes towards mid-wicket. Has he got enough on it? He has! Wow, England needed that. One good over for West Indies wins it. England need three good overs. Phil Salt will reach 100, but for a 51-ball innings, that usually means that you win the match. But England are still behind. It's in the slot, but it's clothed it. It should be caught and is. Brook goes big first time and he's gonna hit that for six. And suddenly England are back in the game. Three needed from two. Russell's in and Harry Brook wins the game for England. Another swing of the bat. Phil Salt just about has enough energy to hug his teammate. And England win. A big, big win for England.